0: Well good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church where this community of Kensington Unitarians meets each week for worship as well as for other activities during the week. This all-soul service is designed to help us to remember and to honour the memory of all those who've gone before us. And so I'm going to light our chalice this morning, this symbol of our worldwide liberal faith. In gratitude. In gratitude for for those who paved the paths on which we now walk. Those who suffered in their efforts to win freedom of belief that we now enjoy. May such freedoms be granted to all those in our world who yearn for independence of thought and belief. It's not often that we um, have the readings in front of us in services but the two poems we're going to hear now I just thought were so um, pertinent to our theme today of remembering that I thought it would be good, if you want, to follow them on this blue sheet. The first is by um, an Iraqi poet, Sadi Youssef, who was born in uh, Basra, he's still alive, and I first heard this on the Radio 4 programme, Something Understood where it really touched a chord with me. Night in Alhamra. A candle on the long road. A candle in the slumbering houses. A candle for the terrified stores. A candle for the bakeries. A candle for the journalist shuddering in an empty office. A candle for the fighter a candle for the doctor at the sick bed, a candle for the wounded, a candle for honest talk, <clears throat> a candle for staircases, a candle for the hotel crowded with refugees. A candle for the singer. A candle for the broadcasters in a shelter. A candle for a bottle of water, a candle for the air, a candle for two lovers in a stripped apartment, a candle for the sky that has folded, a candle for the beginning, a candle for the end, a candle for the final decision, a candle for conscience, a candle in my hand. And in response to that poem, uh, Helen Dunmore, a well-known novelist and uh, and poet, wrote her own candle poem, which I think brings some of that imagery closer to home.
1: A candle for the ship's breakfast, eaten while moving southward through mild grey water, with the work all done a candle for the house seen from outside the voices and shadows of the moment before coming home a candle for the noise of aeroplanes going elsewhere passing over for delayed departures embarrassed silences between people who love one another A candle for sandwiches in service stations at 4am and the taste of coffee from plastic cups thickened with sugar to keep us going. A candle with sugar to keep us going. A candle for the crowd around a coffin and the terrible depth it has to fall into the grave dug for everyone. The deaths for decades to come, our deaths. A candle for going home and feeling hungry after saying we would never be able to eat the ham, the fruitcake, those carefully buttered buns.
0: And would you join now with me in a time of prayer and reflection. In which I call on the divine spirit of life and of love to be with us now. And to bless all that we say and do together here today. Let's pray for the ancestors. For those who came before us and prepared the way. We who are part of the great history of humanity from people's earliest times on this planet, we who have the great gift of life to be grateful for. Yet there may be those in our personal history for whom we feel more complex emotions. In a brief time of shared silence now, I invite you, if you wish, to seek peace for your ancestors. It's a rare person in this world that does not have their own tensions, some unresolved issues. So let us seek peace for the difficulties that we find within ourselves. in our world, our oh so busy so turbulent world let's pray for all those involved in conflicts that ways towards peace might be found let's pray for all those who feel helpless that they might find the strength to carry on and let's pray for the world's leaders that integrity may help them to rise above self-interest and instead truly to seek the highest good of all. Amen. Many people know the story, uh, the Buddhist story of the mustard seed medicine and it's one of those stories in my own life that I need to hear again and again and again. It's the story of the beautiful young woman who married and was so happy when she gave birth to a son and the son, though very young, became ill and died. And in her grief she carried her dead child to all her neighbours asking them for medicine because she could not face the fact that he was dead. At length, Kisagotama, for that was the woman's name, met a man who replied to her request, I can't give you medicine for your child, but I know a physician who can. Pray tell me, sir, who is that? And the man replied, go to Sakyamuni, the Buddha. And so Kisagotami went to the Buddha and cried, Lord and Master, give me a medicine that will cure my child. And the Buddha answered, All we need is a handful of mustard seed. And when the girl in her joy promised to go and procure that that simple medicine, the mustard seeds that were the essential ingredient in all cooking in that area, the Buddha added... But the mustard seed, my child, must be taken from a house where no one has lost, a child, a husband, a parent or friend. A house where no one has known suffering or loss. And so poor Kisa Gautama went from house to house and the people pitied her and said, here's the mustard seed, take it. But of course, when she asked if they'd ever known suffering or loss, they all had a story of sadness to tell. Alas, the living are few, but the dead are many. Pray don't remind us of our deepest grief, they would say. There was, of course, not a single house that had not known the pain of loss. And Kisa Gautama became so weary and hopeless when she realised that there was no medicine that could bring back her child to life. And yet, as she sat, slowly despairing of everything, a strange sense of peace came upon her because she realised that she was not alone in her loss. Nor was her child alone in his death, for this was the fate of all humanity. And so she returned to the Buddha, understanding at last why he'd sent her round the houses of the village, asking for the mustard seeds. Dear Kisigotama, he said, our lives in this world are short, whether we live for one year or for a hundred years, we all die. We're all of us on a path that will be marked by both joy and suffering. There are no exceptions, we cannot avoid pain, but we can avoid bitterness and hatred and selfishness by choosing the path of kindness, of compassion for all. This is the medicine that will, in time, ease your loss. And so it was that Kisa as he said, dedicated her life to comforting others. And in so doing, she found the comfort that comes when we accept that which is. Just a few thoughts to add to that. I, it, I think that we are at a time in, in human existence, in our society, where where... Some of us live lives that have little contact with death. And this is both our good fortune and our loss. I think it makes it more difficult for people who have to deal with death in their lives through violence or accidents or illnesses that cannot be cured. I'll never forget sitting with a family member whose newly born baby was dying and hearing mother cry out Why can't they do something? She'd never known the death of a child. It is a standard mystical teaching to live our lives with an awareness of death, they sometimes say, sitting on our shoulders. But many of us need support in this process of bringing death closer to us, rather than pushing it away, hiding it from our consciousness. If death is acknowledged as something with us all, then we can feel less alone, for we are then on a shared path through life together, from which some will leave before us and some after, part of the great cycle of life as our planet spins on its own path within the universe. We can never know, can we, Um, all the life stories and experiences of another person, even when we know them quite well. As I look around this church today, I know that some of you have truly experienced the mustard seed medicine that the Buddhist story that we heard earlier on used as a metaphor. To lose someone we love is surely one of life's toughest experiences. It's not surprising then that all the world's religions have traditions and rituals to help people deal with death and grief. We also, I think, have our own psychological ways to help ourselves in grieving. When I I first had an experience of a presence of a friend who'd recently died, many years ago now, I was both kind of comforted and concerned. And when I spoke to others about it, I realized that it really is a very common human experience to sense the presence of someone who has died, to dream of them perhaps, or, or to hear their voice inside me in some way, to receive perhaps what feels like a message from them. It is a well-known phenomenon, And I think it's well expressed in this poem by Tom Gunn, which is called The Reassurance. About ten days or so, after we saw you dead, you came back in a dream. I'm all right now, you said. And it was you, although you were fleshed out again. You hugged us all round then and gave your welcoming beam. How like you to be so kind Seeking to reassure. And yes, how like my mind to make itself secure. Poem by Tom Gunn. Anthropologists tell us that ancestor worship is probably one of the oldest forms of religious practice. It stems from humanity's early belief in a spirit realm beyond our earthly existence. This was the realm that relations would go to once dead and this spirit realm was considered to be both powerful and potentially dangerous for the living. No wonder then that the dead had to be shown great respect and were thought to be able to intercede in the spirit world on behalf of us, the living. There were certain places and certain times of the year when the veil between the worlds was at its thinnest And at such times extra care had to be taken to ensure that no harm occurred. The spirits must be placated. The academic term for a time such as this is liminal. A time when boundaries are blurred. When the ancestral realms and the world of the living overlap. Tomorrow, October the 31st. It's commonly known as Halloween. The word derived from All Hallows' Eve. To the ancient Celts and to the Wiccan community today, it's also the festival of Samhain, which marks the end of the Celtic wheel of the year. At such times, candles would be lit to guide departed souls. A place would be laid at the table for the hungry spirits. Graves would be tendered and the dead remembered. Celebrations of life would abound. Christianity adapted many of these early pagan rituals into its own festivals. All Saints' Day, All Souls' Day, the Day of the Dead in Latin cultures. The very existence of so many traditions tells us that this is of great import to us humans. It is important that we honour our dead. It's also important that we acknowledge our own impermanence, For that acknowledgement, well, it's that that allows us then truly to live. And so I invite you now to take part in a ritual of remembering with words that Jane Blackall used in her service last year. Today then, let's remember the lives of those who have given us inspiration, strength, comfort and love. Let us give thanks for those whose presence is always with us and honour their memory with a ceremony of remembrance. I invite you to come up and light a candle, or several if you wish, to remember beloved friends and family who have died, or maybe those people who've touched our lives through their work, teachers and inspirational figures from across the generations I ask you to simply come up and speak the name of the person you are remembering. Just that. Or to light the candle in silence if you wish. Perhaps leaving just a little pause between each of the names to honour their memory. all these holy souls live on in us and we remember them. And in that spirit now, I invite you, if you wish, to join in the shared litany on your blue sheet, speaking the words together that are in italics. In the rising of the sun and its going down. In the blowing of the wind and in the chill of winter. In the opening buds and in the rebirth of spring. In the blueness of the sky and in the warmth of summer. In the rustling of leaves and in the beauty of autumn. In the beginning of the year and when it ends. When we are weary and in need of strength, when we are lost and are sick of heart, when we have joys we yearn to share, so long as we live, they too shall live, for they are now a part of us as we remember them. Amen.